Hello everyone and welcome to this, the third episode of Tea Time with Elvis. I do hope you enjoyed uh, the previous episode and this week we have something quite special. Uh, I'm actually joined by a very special guest uh, and we will be uh, talking together. Um, she's a photographer, she is an English teacher, a former volunteer kindergarten teacher, a former au pair or nanny and uh, a quite well-travelled uh, young lady. Uh, her name is Silva Pumarova, and she is from uh, the town, the same town I live in, uh, here with Elvis in the Czech Republic, and we're absolutely delighted to welcome her on our podcast this week. So I hope you enjoy listening to our conversation, and if you can get some useful information from it, that's fantastic, but most importantly, I do hope very much it's entertaining for you. So hi, Silva, how are you doing? Hello, Mark, I'm great, thank you, how are you? Pretty good, thank you, pretty good. Uh, before we begin, I'd just like to thank you for taking the time out of your busy quarantine slash lockdown schedule to join me for this, uh, for this episode, it's very kind of you. I thank you for invitation. It, I'm so excited to do that. Yeah, it's certainly a nice, uh, nice new challenge, and it's given me something to do uh, in this uh, really strange time. Um, so I was thinking, you know, you have, uh, you are a, a woman who wears many hats. You are a photographer, uh, an English teacher, uh, a former nanny and au pair. Um, yeah. Uh, so tell me about it. What, what, what? You know, how, how do you get into all of these things? Yeah, I'm girl of many faces. That's right. Well, uh, that's all began two years ago when I went to Canada. I, I was pretty much normal girl before who were just studying uh, my, at my university and doing, you know, the student's life. But after I graduated, I left uh to canada for one year experience and it ended up that i spent there more than two years and i i had chance to do lots of lots of kind of occupation and i really enjoy it and i love it and i love who the the person who i am today <laughs> i understand that i mean i remember uh when we first met uh well first time kind of exchanged more than just hello I think you were with a friend of yours and we, we had some mutual friends and you know you weren't you weren't the friendliest person uh why do you think that was I was super shy because I couldn't speak English at all I really like I think I am friendly person but I really I was struggling with English so that's why I was super quiet <laughs> I do remember that I it was that, awful Sorry. I, I think that's a very important point yeah that you know um, when we speak languages and things, it can, it, it doesn't necessarily change us as, as, a, as a person, though some people say you can have different characters when you speak different languages, but certainly confidence is a big, a big thing. I mean, when I see you now, or speak to you now, you know, you're extremely uh, enthusiastic, confident, warm, friendly uh, woman. So obviously, yeah, it's, it's easy to see that at that time, uh, you were just limited by your your language ability. Uh, thank you for the nice words you said. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, I'm working very hard on my English, trying all my best. 
I mean, people would be quite interested. I mean, why, 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 why Canada? Why, why did you choose to go there, and and what what did you do there? Oh, I always knew that Canada can offer really beautiful nature, but I never thought, never ever thought that I will move there. I always thought I will just go there for vacation for one or two or maybe three weeks. But when uh, we break up with my ex-boyfriend, I just went in a part of my life that I didn't know what to do with myself. And I just, one night I was click on a government of Canada website and I tried to send application for my visa and I got it. And that's, turn then that's how I, I turned to go to Canada <laughs> okay, okay. so I went there and I went there like a nanny mm -hmm. because I knew I needed I went there because I wanted to improve my English skills and my English was disaster you know it so I basically could say just hi how are you where's the bathroom please it was <laughs> it was all I knew and I'm not kidding it was awful and I was very shy and I was struggling to, I didn't want to speak with mistakes. But when I got there, I, I find out people don't care. People, people are lovely and friendly and they appreciate you are trying to learn their language. Definitely. And that made me a confident to speak with mistakes and how you learn, you learn from your mistakes. So that's, uh, that was amazing to know this. I didn't know this from school in Czech so it was always you have to say it right but I never say it right <laughs> and so a lot of teachers I, don't say it right either do they I mean that's that's problematic yeah. so I spent in Canada more than two years and I venture to say that it was the most most amazing time in my entire life it changed my life and I was nanny there living caregiver or au pair and I got wonderful, sweet, lovely family with two kids. A mm -hmm. little that time when I came was four year old and Vivian was seven year old. Mm -hmm. And when the kids were in school, I also did cleaning. <laughs> so I were cleaning houses and I also was a dog walker. People were paying me for walking dogs. It was amazing because I'm big uh, dogs lover. And I also got experience to work on oncology clinic, like assistant slash receptionist, which was very strong and amazing experience as well for me. And I also volunteered for more than seven months uh, in a kindergarten. So I was quite busy. I had quite busy life there. <laughs> and was it your experience volunteering in the kindergarten that kind of got you interested in uh, education of small children young people because i, I think uh, correct me if i'm wrong but that's that's kind of uh, the future you're looking towards isn't it you'd, you'd quite like to do something yeah you're right you're right yeah and you know what i i found myself to be like happy and confident with kids when I started to be a nanny. I, I all, always were looking after kids back in Czech because I have many cousins and my sister had a kid, has a kid. So I was always looking after kids. I was also volunteering in the summer camps back in Czech, but uh, I never had 
responsibility for all day for kids, like in Canada. So I just found myself that I really like it. I love to be by their side and show them how to behave, how to like give them the right direction in the in the in the life. And when I started to volunteer in kindergarten, it was I just I just said yes, that's where you belong. You you are you are here to be with kids. You just I, I just love it. Yeah. So Amazing. absolutely. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's one of these horrible questions that, uh, as an English teacher, I enjoy asking people, but I never really, I never find it easy to answer myself. Uh, what would you say was one of your best experiences uh, living and working in, uh, in Canada? Oh my God, it's a very, very hard question, because I got so many experiences, it's hard to pick just one. But the 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 best probably gonna be that I learn a lot about myself. I think if I would, <clears throat> excuse me, if I would never leave my comfort zone and I never, if I would never move to Canada, I would never learn about myself that much how I did there. Because when you are alone, on the other side of the world without any family, any friends. I know you can call them, but there's nine hours time difference. So it's quite hard when you need to speak some, to somebody to reach them. So I had, I had great experience to learn a lot about myself and I am really grateful for that. So it was a good exercise in, in self-improvement. Absolutely, yeah. And you and you would recommend it to anyone listening who's thinking of doing the same thing. Absolutely, there is no doubts at all. Just go. Excellent. And uh, what about uh, the most difficult thing for you? I mean, did you suffer from culture shock or anything like that when you moved there? Well, of course, I got the culture shock because everybody started to speak to me. I was totally stranger to them and. <laughs> They were smiling at me and speaking to me. So I was so surprised that they really care about me. I was like, I'm such a strange girl to them. So it was, it was good. But the, the, the worst experience, I would say, I, it's kind of uh, connecting like what I said about the best, like the self-knowing or how I would say. Uh, I had big homesick. I basically... I was basically crying for two months there when I got there because I had, I struggled to be by my I've never been before by myself that long time so homesick was my big fear there but now I can see I was so silly I, I was silly there was no, I was always in back in my mind to thinking what my family is doing and my friend without me, if they are having fun or not, because I was crying and I was really miss them. And, and I saw pictures on a Facebook or on a social media. I was like, Hey, they're not missing me. And I really do. And I was, I was silly. I think that's the thing that everybody has to go through when they're moved to other, other place, other country. And, and, and probably they, they felt the same way. Maybe. I mean, they, they might have thought they were missing out on all the interesting and new experiences you were having. So yeah, yeah, and they were like happy for me because they knew that I'm doing the right thing. That I went there to 
prove myself to be stronger and to get this experience so they were really they support me so yeah and of course you i mean you were not there alone the whole time were you you had a a, a four-legged yeah. family member with you for part yeah you right so let's split my time in canada into two parts the first part uh it was for one year when i got there by myself and the second part, when I when my visa expired and I got home back to Czech Republic, and I realized very quickly, like after two weeks, hey, I'm missing Canada, I miss mountains, I miss ocean, I miss kids, I miss people and lifestyle. So I got another visa for two years, and that was the time when I bring my dog, my French bulldog, Milo, with me, because there was no chance to go without him that time. I was... I was missing him so badly. I was crying so badly to him, for him. <laughs> so yeah, I went there with my little puppy. Uh -huh. I understand. I mean, I, I I don't think I could be separated from my dog. I mean, it's hard. Um, you know, I think we've had two nights apart in three years, maybe. And I, I don't know. I don't think I could do more than that, to be honest. But uh, yeah. So uh, Milo, I, your French bulldog. Um, <laughs> He's 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 a well-traveled dog, isn't he? I mean, he's he's quite international, I believe. He's well, very well-traveled. He's pretty international dog. So he's French bulldog, and he was born in Slovakia, and he lived for one year and a half in Czech, and then he moved to Canada. So he's pretty good traveler, and I'm I'm taking him everywhere with me. We traveled in a USA coast. We traveled in uh, national parks in Canada, Jasper and Banff. We went to Vancouver Island. We, and back in Europe, we were traveling in Austria, Germany, Poland, Slovakia. He's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. You've been to, to so many places. I mean, there are not, not many dogs who, who could have so many stamps in their passport, I guess. Yeah, oh yeah, and my friends always saying, oh my god, Silva, we are so jealous to your dog, we want to be your dog, and I'm like, I know, I want to be my dog as well. <laughs> Alright, so, so uh, we'll take a little break, and then when we come back, we'll talk a bit about your experiences with the uh, language, yeah? Okay, yeah. Okay, excellent, sure. thanks. Okay. Oh, welcome back. Hi, thank you. <laughs> it's all right. Uh, so yeah, I thought we'd talk a bit about uh, your experience with English language. You mentioned before you went to Canada, you, you were quite poor in your English ability. Um, why, why do you think that was? Because of course you're young, you, you had to learn English at school. Didn't you, um, didn't you study very much or, or were the teachers not particularly good or what, what happened? I, of course I did study. I, I started to learn English when I was grade four, I guess. But my teachers in the elementary school, they were changing every second year. And I have to say, I don't want to be impolite or something like that. But my teachers were like, they were before like Russian teachers. Mm -hmm. And then they were, they come to uh, teach English. So you mm -hmm. can imagine their pronunciation and everything. And we were just 
I used to learn just vocabulary and grammar and doing writing tests and we never ever speak in the classes. So uh, I, I, I was struggling to speak, to have real conversation face to face. We never been done that. And so I was struggling then in a high school. I had four, like mark four on my, how is it called, calling the final in the school, the final paper when you- The Vicitani? Yeah, yeah, like this- Report card. Report card, yeah, I had four from English. Mm -hmm. So, and so, and my, that time when I got four, my, my sister was like over in the England in Cambridge mm -hmm. and my mom came to teach her and she said, Hey, I know that she, she's struggling with English, but I'm sending her for two months to visit her sister in Cambridge. Mm -hmm. And teacher that time said, Silva is going to Cambridge to UK, but it's not going to help her. Like she's super bad. She mm. that's what sad teacher about me. So mm. my my level of thinking about my English, you know, my confidence was super low, super yeah. low. And I was shy and I was struggling to speak in the public because I thought that people's gonna laugh to me that I cannot. So then I when I went to my university, I which is quite like interesting because i was studying five years at my university and i had just one year which means two semester english mm -hmm. and it was quite like she was like very easygoing teacher so she didn't push us to do much so i didn't need english and then i was like hey i'm, I'm gonna have a master degree and i cannot speak english in 21st century that's mm -hmm. that's awful i have to do something with that so that's why I started to work on my English by myself and started to travel and looking everywhere, like opportunities where I can get my English. Yeah, I mean, it, it's amazing just the, the impact a, a teacher can have on you, uh, both, both in a positive way and a negative way. I mean, if you had totally listened to your teacher, you would have given up all, all hope and, and probably not done anything. So it's a, a credit to you that you decided, you know, to take it off your own back and, 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 and see this through and, and learn English and, and get to the stage where you're at now, where you actually teach other people. So it's great. Oh, yeah. yeah that's <laughs> I just got to teach other people by accident, I would say. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's true. And um, out of interest, because uh, you, you're from Novi Miesto, originally. Yeah. You, you were born here, well, probably yeah, in that school or somewhere. Or, yeah, but, I was um, born but uh, so so you went to school uh, you went to school uh, in Malezzi, did you? Yeah, I did. Uh huh. Yeah, I thought. Well, I suppose it's near to your house. And don't worry, I'm not a, a stalker that I know where your house is. It's just a person that I know. I know your sister, so I knew where it was. Don't go, you know. Just one of those funny. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Who knows these yeah, days, right? I don't agree the way how teachers teach here in Czech mm -hmm. Republic. Mm -hmm. the, the school system is so bad, so bad. And I really fall in love with Montessori style of teaching mm -hmm. in Canada. I just love it. It makes sense for me to teach this way. I mean, I, I, I completely understand you. I mean, obviously I am a school teacher here in the Czech Republic in, in, in a couple of schools. Um, and there are, yeah, positives and negatives. I mean, I'm lucky 
that in the two schools I work at, um, the teachers are um, young. And when I say young, I mean around my age. Uh, they're not, you know, they're, they're too young to have been teachers. Uh, Russian teachers that change to English, as you said earlier, um, they're, they're very enthusiastic and, and both schools, the one here in Novi Miesto and, and the one in uh, Dobzhani in the, in the Eagle Mountains, um, both schools are very, uh, when it comes to English, forward thinking and happy to try new things. I mean, I suppose by the fact that I'm there um, in, in the village school for four days a week and then the one school in Novi Miesto for one day every week, shows also that they're, they're happy to to push English learning with students because you know they, they employ a native speaker like myself. Um, where amazing. did you go? Sorry? Sorry that's amazing and it's right I think that in all elementary schools supposed to be native speaker mm -hmm. to teach English. Yeah I mean that's the thing um, when you said about the, the style of teaching as well it's it's very difficult I think it's the same in, in most in most countries. I mean, we never seem to learn a second language at school the same way we learn or uh, study our native language, which is a shame because if we did, maybe more people would have uh, better ability when it comes to learning foreign languages. I think the problem is obviously there's not enough time in, mm -hmm. in, in school in school schedules, and also I think. You know, they just try to choose one method that fits the most people. And, you know, it is problematic because you do get a lot of students who um, are excellent at speaking English, but get very poor marks in their report cards or in their mm -hmm. grammar tests. Um, you know, it's, it's fascinating to me how many children learn English now from YouTube, from Netflix, mm -hmm. from playing computer games. And they learn to speak it, they can communicate it. But of course, if you ask them, you know, what's the, uh, what's the past simple or what's the present progressive yeah, but continuous, you know what? they don't know. I truly believe that you can learn more and better English from the listening and from, from reading and from having a conversation than just sitting and writing vocabulary tests and grammar. I think it, it is important. You need gain some vocabulary some words and know how to work like how to set up sentence but mm -hmm. i think that you will just get it you just listen and you speak and it was the most what yeah. gave me gave me in canada you're right there's no there's no substitute for experience and um just jumping off the the diving board so to speak just jumping straight in there and speaking english uh don't worry Absolutely. about mistakes you know everybody makes them you're you're, you're totally right um, yeah, yeah it's it, it would be nice uh to see schools put less uh emphasis on grammar and things like this because i think you're right if you have a good vocabulary uh and you can communicate it's enough you know nobody really cares in english uh, unless you're going to be some kind of high-level academic or something like this, but if you're only, you know, most people are going to use English for travel or for making new friends, in which case nobody cares. Nobody really cares uh, how you say something as long as they can understand you. So Exactly, and you can use your hands and legs and, you know. Exactly right. 
to speak. Don't be shy and speak. But we were never learned this from school. You were like teacher will always know you are wrong and make you feel bad. And then you have a block and you don't want to speak. You remind me of a, a joke, which isn't, I suppose, politically correct. I don't know, but I'm going to say it anyway. Is how, how do you keep an Italian quiet? I don't know. Cut off his hands. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, it's a bit corny, but yeah, there we go. Uh, anyway, um, do you have any favorite words or phrases in English? Because, you know, living here in the Czech Republic, I... Um, I certainly come across Czech words or Czech things that I find funny or interesting um, and, <laughs> and also unpronounceable <laughs> for me as well. Uh, is, yeah. there, is there any particular uh, phrase or, or word that you, well, you, you like in English? That's an interesting question. I'm just thinking if I even have some favorite word in Czech. I probably, I'm not the person that I have some favorite words, but mm -hmm. you know what? I have, I have the opposite one. I have the, the most struggling word in English. Mm -hmm. Struggling there is a lot, but it uh -huh. was unbelievable. I wasn't able to say it. I was always blah, blah, blah. Un <laughs> unbelievable. unbelievable. Yeah. It was hard for me to say it. And, uh, what I was, it was kind of funny. And I said that I need to buy some leggings. And my family was like, leggings? What do you mean? <laughs> I was like, like legging for jogging, for running? Yeah. And I was like, you mean leggings? And I was like, what? There's double G. And I said, well, do you have leg or ledge? Uh, and I was like, uh, yeah, it's leg leggings. <laughs> At least you didn't say you needed leggings for yodging. <laughs> yeah. And also I was struggling with when we went to swimming pool with kids and I said, hey, Elliot, grab your, grab your Googles. And I was like, what? What I should grab? I was like, G and I was like, you mean goggles? And I was like, oh, oh mm. gosh. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite you know? funny, actually, because I, I had um, a similar experience with, with the same word as you um, in, uh, when, I was, when I moved to Japan, because... I, I learned the Japanese word for unbelievable and mm -hmm. it's really it's really impossible to say and it took me so long to do it. it it's actually uh shinjirarenai and you can hear okay, it. But like Japanese anyway. is, it's so hard language. Mm. You cannot compare English and Japanese. It's no, you so can't. Hard. But it, I, I just I, I found it interesting that it was the same word though that you oh, struggled with in English that. that I actually struggled with there because I, I just couldn't do it. Because it has this strange part in the middle. It's like Shinji Rari Nai. And I was like, Shinji Rari Shinji Rari You know, it's, it's difficult. I have big problems in Czech with words like uh, birthday. Really? Not as any Well, yeah. But I, my, my, um, my tongue or whatever gets automatic and I can't stop. So for me, it's often Narozaninini. You see? <laughs> yeah. I find it, it's like uh, let, uh, holiday. You know? Oh, all right. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, I would think that we would say or something like that, where it's like, you know, R. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Cool. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's, it's a strange thing, but definitely I, I always struggle with that uh, double N. You know. 
wasn't any. There wasn't any. See, I'm off now. Oh, that's cute. Super. Um, and uh, yeah, I want to move on a little bit. Um, how how are you adjusting now back to to life in in the Czech Republic? I mean, certainly it's crazy times. I mean, do do you think you're happier that you are here during this crisis, or would you have been better uh, to have stayed in Canada? It really is very hard and strange time for me, to be honest, because I went home uh one month ago and three days after my arrival they shut it down boards and all schools and shops and everything so i was still quite of like i i had jet lag so <laughs> and i didn't have time to see all my family and all my friends and quarantine started so i i went home after again one year to see everybody because i had homesick last couple months and I wasn't able to see anybody so it's very hard for me to be honest I'm, I'm still calling and doing facetiming with my friends and they're like hey they're laughing it's like it feels like that you are still in Canada but I'm, like, <laughs> I'm not I'm here and I cannot see you it's so yeah, you could sad. be like five 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 doors down the road or something yeah, yeah so <laughs> it's very it's very I don't know strange weird it's like you know I felt alone there but this is like different kind of alone like i am here but i'm still alone mm -hmm. so th this is very hard for me but of course like nobody could expect this so we c what we can do we just you have, have to you you had some problems coming back if i if i remember i heard from <laughs> from our mutual friend uh, who went to pick you up at the airport or was going to pick I, you up at the airport and uh, you had problems with the flight what 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 happened well, it's a long, long story. It was very stressful, but it was it was very hard to say goodbye to my family and all mm -hmm. people around me there because I had great kids and families. And so that was difficult to say goodbye. I was crying so badly and people around me were crying that I made the decision to ended up my life there and come back. And when we got to airport, they just told me that uh, I can go, but Milo cannot go, my dog. Uh -huh. And I, I couldn't believe what I'm hearing because I was calling many times before my, when you, you're even flying with dog, it's, it's a huge thing. You have to first book flight for your dog and then for yourself. Mm -hmm. So it's a big story. Like you have to say everything about your dog, about breed, about size, about allergies, about color, about everything. And when we got there. Win, window seat, aisle seat, that kind of thing. Yeah. Vegetarian yeah, yeah. meal options. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly like that. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. So, and Milo's supposed to be down in a plane because he has uh, 15 kilograms. So you can go up in the plane just with dog who his weight is just until eight kilograms. So he automatically going down. And they just told me, hey, French bulldog cannot go with you. And I was like, what? I was so surprised because I flew with him last year and we didn't have trouble at all. Mm -hmm. So and they told me that there is new rule in Europe against French Bulldogs. <laughs> and I was just surprised. Like, can you imagine that you have two 30, uh, 30 kilogram suitcases, ski equipment, carry on luggage, mm -hmm. uh, a backpack, mm -hmm. notebook and, ca and case with your dog 
and they told you, hey, you can go, but your dog is staying here. Okay. So it was it was it was a very hard time for me. I was crying so badly, and yeah, so I had to figure out. Now I'm I'm still fighting for my money back because I had to buy a new flight ticket for mm-hmm. me for Milo, and I had to pay lots of fees, which is doesn't make sense. I had to. Yeah, it was. It, it's a long story. I, hard to say. It's short. But I but mean, I mean, how how did you actually get get him back? Because was this a decision across all airlines, or this was only a problem with one airline? Or it, it wasn't true what they were saying because uh-huh. I was calling to Frankfurt and to Prague about asking about the rule against uh-huh. French bulldog, and they told me that's not true. We don't have any rule like that. It doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. So it was uh, the airline rule, but they uh-huh. made it made it uh, January first, twenty twenty. But I bought my ticket back in uh, two thousand nineteen. Yeah, and nobody told me that they changed rules. But mm-hmm. I was calling like three, four days before my flight, and they were like, "You are very, very like we are looking forward to see you in the airport on Sunday in, in my actual flight day." So I was just surprised. I I was shocked. So yeah, but funny was then when we finally got into the plane after like twelve days, mm-hmm. they told me the same the day when we go home the, the the second day that Milo is flying just to Frankfurt, not to Prague, and I was like, what? So I had to change my flight as well that I'm just going to Frankfurt and we have to get from Frankfurt by like my own way and nobody cared how I it's it's eight hours seven and a half hours driving yeah it's a long long way you know Milo likes walking so you could have walked it (laughs) well yeah of course with all suitcases (laughs) that would be very comfortable (laughs) (laughs) so it was very stressful and uh it wasn't good experience Mm -hmm. yeah so but you're back now, and and that's that's yeah, the, the most I am, important thing. I am. But now I'm like, yeah, I'm like in, in, uh, in the how would say like part of my life that I'm a little bit down. Thing should should I stay there? Should 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 I be here? I don't know. <laughs> I, I I understand that feeling very well. Really, I do. Yeah. Um, the last thing I'd like to ask in this part before we come to the final uh, section is um, what was the thing that you missed? The most while you were away and I don't mean of course family and friends and and uh, and obviously the time you were without Milo but like something material maybe some kind of food what was something you missed the most while you were in uh, in Canada it was totally food <laughs> <laughs> because I'm a really good eater <laughs> and I missed uh Czech sauce and dumplings uh-huh, and uh-huh. Czech bakery oh my mm-hmm. god Czech bread mm-hmm. oh when I came home I ate lots of breads and how would say rohlik in uh, in English R- yeah well yeah so mm-hmm. I ate a lot which just which is butter and honey mm-hmm. and I mm-hmm. ate it a lot <laughs> because I missed that because there there's just the you know you know it you were in uh, Canada right mm-hmm. the the kind of like sweet 
sour bread like the the white one it's it's not the same it's almost plasticky or fake isn't it some of that yeah. white uh, yeah. white bread you get in north america yeah. yeah and i was i was sick of it after two years i was sick of it i was like i want check bread <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so it's I nice that you know when you came back the first thing you did was eat something czech i mean the, yeah. the, the, i don't know what it says about um Oh, Elvis is being noisy, but you know, he's the co-host, so he, he's allowed to be. Um, I don't know what it says about English cuisine, that usually the first thing I eat when I go back to England is Chinese food. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, really. Yeah, Chinese, I, I really like it. No, no, no. I mean, no, I, I don't know, because I have to say my experience of um, of Chinese food here in the Czech Republic isn't that great, because it's really... Uh, really catered to Czech taste. It's quite salty. It's, it's, it's not so exciting, yeah? And I don't it's mean that in a, in a negative way against Czech uh, cuisine. But, you know, in England, a lot of the Chinese places, especially around where I live and whatever, they're, they're, they're Hong Kong Chinese. They have that link to, to Great Britain. And there's huge menus. And they do amazing things, you know? And I used to live, obviously, in, in Hong Kong. So for me, you know, Asian food, I know that's a huge umbrella, uh, but anything Japanese, any types of Chinese, I love this stuff. So when I go back to England, my first choice is straight straight to the Chinese, you know. You're my kind of person, I love it too. <laughs> you know what, I never tried sushi before, uh, before mm. I went to Canada, so I tried there. And level of sushi, like quality of sushi in Canada, it's so high, so good, it was so fresh, and like you can you can get, eight pieces of sushi for like 20 12 well not 20 uh, 12 bucks and it's really good and really big so when i had sushi here in Czech, i was like what is it it's it was so small and i don't know and tasting not good and it was very expensive i was like oh i'm gonna miss canadian sushi oh yeah i i completely understand you it's, yeah you know you can try to make it yourself and it's it is better but it's still I don't know. It's still something. In fact, we're gonna, we're gonna have to stop it there because I'm getting really hungry now, and all I can think yeah. about is sushi yeah. or Chinese food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same, same here. <laughs> Excellent. So, um, in the next part, we'll talk about um, if you drink tea, what kind of tea you like to drink, and also if you could invite anybody, uh, living or dead, to join you for a cup of tea, who would that be? So that's what we're going to talk about in the next segment. So here we go with the last uh, part of our uh, discussion and uh, this episode of uh, the podcast. Um, now I can see, I can see you, obviously the people listening can't see you, but I can see you are of course uh, joining in the spirit of this podcast, you know it's called Tea Time with Elvis um, and you know each week I like to mention a particular tea I'm drinking. So uh, for our listeners, Silva, can you tell us what is your tea of choice today? Yeah, so my tea today, I, I'm, that's funny that you're asking me that because I'm always tea person. When somebody invited me for grab some coffee or something, I never get coffee. I'm not coffee person. I always get tea or water or lemonade or piece of cake, <laughs> everything <laughs> except coffee. So today my, my tea is, uh, is basic uh, black tea with uh, lemon and with sugar. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
and but I love green tea and mm -hmm. I also like to uh, experiment with the like mango tea or you oh, know some okay. uh, some some tropical yeah some exotic kind of, uh, exotic yeah. flavors yeah. and things like that yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, you've gone for black tea. Um, obviously, that's very uh, English. It's not so English, though, to have uh, lemon and sugar in it. Usually, we put uh, milk, milk, milk and sugar. Right? Have you have you ever tried it with milk? I did, but it's disgusting. To me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, no. but I don't like it. Really? You see, I'm kind of surprised because um, most people think it's disgusting. It's true before they try it, but um, in school. Uh, we did a European project where we had to do cooking with the kids and we did uh, English breakfasts, you know, bacon, eggs, that kind of stuff. And yeah. then all the kids made a, a cup of tea with milk in it. And, you know, a few of them were like, you know, that typical check, oh, fooey, fooey, I'm not touching it. Blah, blah. Yeah. And then when they drank it, especially with sugar in it, they really enjoyed it. But, you know, everybody... Everybody has their own tastes, right? I don't know. Maybe I'm too picky, but I don't know. I don't like it. <laughs> and uh, how many cups of tea do you think you drink a day? Ooh, that's going to be a lot. Maybe three, four. Okay. All right. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Tea and water. That's all what I'm drinking. <laughs> Very healthy. Much healthier, of course, than uh, Coke and or something three. like that. Every morning I'm having a smoothie. I love smoothie in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you have smoothies. What what do you have? What is it usually? Like some kale well, and... Well, usually what our house and fridge can offer. <laughs> <laughs> so, so some well, apples, some oranges, some leftover yeah, so, tuna fish. <laughs> yeah. No, no! <laughs> no, don't be silly. Just uh, like spinach, carrot, apple, bananas, mango, oh. strawberry, okay. whatever I find. Excellent. Celery. Yeah. Sounds good. Okay, so each each episode we've done so far, which of course this is only a third one, so I can't really make it out like it's a huge tradition. But uh, uh, last week I started a new part where I want to have like a tea time with Elvis, uh, fantasy tea time guest, which is where you choose someone either living or dead that you would like to sit down with, have a chat, drink a nice cup of tea with. So I'm curious, Silver, who who would be your choice? Oh, that's, that's interesting and hard question in the same moment. Uh, of course, I would love to sit with all my family and friends because I didn't have a chance to see them yet. <laughs> that's true. But, uh, you know what? Let, let's be, let, let's say some interesting answer. Like, I would probably say Mike Posner. Do you know Mike Posner, American singer? Right. No, I don't know much about him. Can you can you tell me something about him? So you know, I'm I'm quite old, so if he's uh, if he's not, but uh, he's American singer. He's uh -huh. I guess he's around 30, 30, 31, 32. Oh, yeah, and he's quite R and B, hip hop, but also pop or folk mm -hmm. kind of music. And I don't know. Um, I'm listening his music a lot so far. And I have feeling that he understands me so much. <laughs> we cannot think about life the same way right now. And there has been a lot of ups and downs in his life. Mm -hmm. And it reflects to his songs. And I just love it. I just love the lyrics, 
the melody and all together it's very meaningful and it really it really got me so okay. i would invite mike posner to have a cup of tea and speak about life maybe grab some ice cream or cake <laughs> or whatever i really think we we would find some common topic to talk mm -hmm. about super so what um what song would you recommend that i listen to first if i uh, want to uh, experience the magic of mike P posner? posner mike posner yeah uh, -huh. mm -hmm. uh i recommend move on it's calling move on and where he's speaking about because his dad got cancer and he died and he had to get through this experience and other his friends died oh, like like Avicii, the DJ uh -huh. person, uh -huh. they were very close friends. And it's it's very nice song. But also, it's very interesting, uh, the video he made it for this song. Okay. Uh, it just, it just catch your heart, really. So very it. inspirational, emotional, and moving. And he changed his, he totally cha uh, changed his lifestyle and he started hike a lot and he is doing meditation and yoga stuff, and he walked through through the America, I guess, uh -huh. the whole America, and like Forrest Gump. He, yeah, he's like <laughs> run, Forrest, run. <laughs> yeah, he's he he's really really cool man, really. Excellent. Okay, so move move on. Yeah. Yeah, move on, move on. Excellent. Yeah. All right, I'll check that out. Super. So, Silva, I just want to thank you so much, really, for joining me today. It's been fantastic. I hope, I really hope you will consider coming on again to talk to me because I, I feel, you know, we've only touched on a lot of stuff. Uh, sorry, we've not touched on uh, everything, of course, and the time has gone so quickly. But really, thank you so much. I thank you so much. It was an amazing experience. I really enjoy it, and I hope I didn't ruin anything. <laughs> no, not, not at all. I... I also really enjoyed it that's the thing i i think making these things is so enjoyable uh i mean i don't know about listening to them but certainly at least the process of making them is is really really uh enjoyable and thank you for you know adding some uh something different and some value uh, to this my third episode so i wish you of course a great day please stay stay at home i know it's hard <laughs> stay safe and uh, stay healthy but thanks a lot, uh, Sylvia. Thank you, you. Thank you so much. The same for you. Cheers, Have a nice Thank Bye. you. Bye. Thank you. That was great. Really interesting for me. I hope it proved interesting for you as well. Uh, I'm so thankful to Silva for coming on uh, and joining uh, Elvis and I for this uh, our third podcast. Um, really, it was uh, insightful. Uh, to hear about her experiences and I do hope she'll agree to come on again. Uh, all that remains for me to say of course is for both of us, Elvis and I, to wish you all uh, a great day. Uh, remember to stay indoors, stay safe, stay healthy and we look forward ever so much to our next meeting. Please feel free to subscribe to this podcast, it's available on numerous platforms including Spotify and Google. You can also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, uh, all at uh, Tea Time with Elvis. Thank you very much. Until next time, bye-bye. <laughs>